Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Love You Man But I Disagree. I'm Scott Raylanu here with my best friend Jacob Foreman. Thanks for tuning in. Really excited that you're here. If it's your second time, thanks for listening in again. If it's your first time, welcome to the party. I'm here with uh, Jacob Foreman. Jake, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Really excited to be here with you. Really excited to be here with, with our listeners. Thanks for being here, everybody. Um, today, we're really excited to discuss our topic. Our topic today is immigration. I come at it from a more liberal perspective, and Scott comes at it from a more conservative perspective. And we're going to be having an organized conversation today. We're going to split it up into discussing the financial aspects of immigration and we're also going to discuss the security aspects of immigration. Exactly. exactly. And I also want to say thanks to everybody interacting with us on Facebook and uh, the calls and texts. It, it certainly means a lot to us, and I think it makes the, the podcast better. So thanks for, for joining us again uh, for the first time. We hope, uh, we hope you enjoy it. To get this kicked off, the big question we're starting with is, what is the value of immigration? We're, we're a country of immigrants, Scott. We hear this all the time. But what does that really mean to me as a liberal and to you as a conservative? Well, I think you need to define value. Um, I think you need to understand which people are coming into the country, who are these immigrants, and what what is the definition of value? Because I think those immigrants that are coming in and providing what they think is value may not be value to somebody else. Sure. And I guess from my perspective, immigrants do jobs that a lot of people don't want to do. They do manual labor, um, pick things in the fields, farming, stuff like that. And you also have immigrants that have a high level of education. They work in technology company, companies. Right. So different, two different types of immigrants primarily in, in this conversation. And I think that when you look at the um, highly educated immigrants coming into the country, the value that they provide is great um it's important that they do it legally now the other side of it is the immigrant that's coming in and doing manual labor that perhaps is not being done already um it's filling a void because american citizens are not doing that job um but the problem that i have is with the is with the balance um in terms of resources that they use in the country and resources that they give into in the country Got it. So you, you feel like they are taking up immigrants who come here to work in the fields. Maybe they're working illegally. It's an assumption we're making, which could be true, um, that they take up more resources than they're, they're contributing. Uh, my perspective is that people don't want to do those jobs, and they're, they're making our economy more robust by taking care of parts of our, parts of our economy that people don't really and, want to work And I'm in. glad that they're willing to do a service that other people are not willing to do, mm-hmm. but I think that when immigrants come into the country and do a job off the books, they are taking from the system more than they're giving into the system. So when you have an immigrant that comes into the country with a family of three, they come in, they put their three kids into school. Now you've got a, a classroom that's got you know three extra students into it. You've got a school that's got three extra students into it. You've got someone who's making you know a, an hourly wage in a job that is under the table. They're seeking benefits because, right, they can call the police in, in the event that they need um, police help or they can call an ambulance or they're using resources that all of us are paying into, right, um, and they're not contributing. They're not contributing to Social Security. Maybe they're not 
to Medicare, to Medicaid, they're getting this money under the table. And I think that the benefit that they're paying into is outweighed by the burden that they're putting onto society. So it sounds like you might even support some kind of path to citizenship. If we gave uh, immigrants who are here working hard, not criminals, good records, a way to pay into society, um, as well as continue supporting our economy, uh, sounds like that yeah, might be something. I'm, I'm, based on what you know, I'm listening to you. Based on what you're no, saying. I'm totally, I'm totally okay with helping um, people that are here get citizenship, but you have to determine is what they've done a crime, entering mm-hmm. the borders illegally or staying past their visa illegally. Is that a crime? What's the repercussion of that? Because if there isn't a repercussion for that, why do we have borders? Why do we have citizens? It just It's a slippery slope to me. And so we have to come up with a rule. And if people break that rule, there is a consequence. And you have to determine, is that consequence so great that it will deter people from doing it, right? Because if you make it a slap on the wrists... You know, everybody's like, eh, whatever, no big deal. I'll pay my penance and then I'll be able to be a citizen. And that's not okay. That, that's why we have rules for citizenship. So people who are coming over here illegally, if they're just slapped on the wrist for crossing the border, you know, that, that's, it's pointless. We're wasting our time. We're wasting their time. But I think it's important that we have laws where people know that they need to do X, Y, and Z to become a citizen. And if they're here, they need to be paying into this system. They need to be contributing because if they're going to get things out of it, they need to be putting things into it. What if our current laws are broken? What if our current laws don't make sense? Well, I, I think that there are laws that are effective and laws that are not effective. And if we determine through constituents voting for representatives or um, representatives taking up a cause where they say, think, hey, this is not working anymore, that's fine. But we are a society of laws, and if you determine that the moral value of the current laws don't coincide with what you think is okay, you know, then it's a free-for-all. And we have laws to follow, and if you don't like the laws, you need to change them. But until you change them, you must follow them. So we could change them. So we could say that yeah, sure. you came here, you have X record, you have a great record, and we can determine what that is based on the new new legislation. And you've been supporting the economy, so now you here's your path to citizenship. Which which it sounds like you might agree would help our country. Sounds like what what you're saying is these people who are immigrants they are contributing to our society, and the only problem is they're not paying into it. Right. So yeah. will we send someone home who's helping us, who's making our country better? We have an opportunity to keep them here, and we have an opportunity to have them pay in. Uh, why wouldn't we do that? Just because there's a law in the books that maybe, maybe it wasn't fully thought through. Maybe this scenario wasn't really thought of. I, I understand the moral side of this where, hey, why would we send somebody home who's doing a job and just living a quiet life? But you have to place value. You have to place weight in the fact that they came here illegally and that's not okay just like it's not okay for me to illegally go squat into somebody's home you cannot come into this country and work um, without doing it legally then wh- why do we have the laws why do we have the the process by which someone becomes a citizen there are thousands and thousands and and potentially millions of people who want to come to this country who are waiting in line to do it legally 
And if those people are bypassed by people who said, eh, screw it, I'll just walk in and do what I want and pay the little fine, you know, then, then it just becomes anarchy. Scott, look, I understand. We both want the same thing. We both want this country to be to be great. To have, be better, absolutely. And have strong people in it who are contributing and who are unique and who have different ideas. And I hear you saying immigrants who are lining up to come here you're, you're basically you're, that's that's good we want to encourage that where we differ is that i don't see this as a zero sum game with even with people who come here illegally i see this as they're they're able to contribute their kids are getting an education and then they stay here and then they grow up and they become a doctor and they become a tech uh, someone who works in the tech field and they help our our country improve so why would we turn down that opportunity to have hardworking people who took amazing risk to come here they did come here illegally but amazing risk brave and striving to improve their lives and they also are improving our country i don't know why we would turn them turn them back and i do understand the point of well they broke the law yeah, yeah, which is a technicality they, they are they are going to provide value down the line and i recognize that but it's it's it is a zero-sum game in the sense that it's like a bank account. I pay into my bank account every month. I pay my rent with that. I pay my bills with that. The next month, I make more money. I pay my bills next month with that paycheck. And I see that these um, illegal immigrants are getting benefits right now, but they're not paying into the system right now versus the rest of the law-abiding citizens who pay their taxes and this situation reminds me of a of an interest-free loan. Come over here and you your children get to get education. You don't pay into the system right now. And in 20 years, maybe your children are able to you know, provide benefit to society, which is great. And, and I think that's the goal, right? We want people's children to pay into society and to, um, to contribute. But for the here and now, you know, that's how you go into a deficit. When you have more credits than debits, isn't the solution from what you're talking about though a path to citizenship to give the legal to the people who are here illegally give them something they don't have to be here illegally anymore and have that fear and that weight on them however they do have to pay into the system and i mean then most likely you forgive that they broke this law right and and that's the moral argument and i get the moral argument behind it where you don't want to just evict people of from it's a country it's not just moral so it's moral but it's also i from what you're saying and what I'm saying, from what I understand you're saying, it's also to the benefit of our country. Yes, it is to the benefit of our country. And anytime you have a business where you have a status quo of, you know, like like a, a factory line, if you were to take 35% of the employees from a factory line and say, hey, sorry, guys, you don't get to show up to work today, obviously that factory would, would just be would be helpless without those employees. Right? right. You can't just do it in a single fail swoop, right? You, you can't just kick people out one day. But I think there is a decision that we must make. We must determine the cost or the illegality, if you will, of immigrants coming to the country illegally and what they need to do to balance up their account, right? Because they haven't paid into Social Security for X amount of months or years. And so you, you have... These people, don't, I mean, they likely, don't, I imagine, don't have a ton of money to like pay. But everybody is responsible for it. If I don't pay my taxes this year, I'm going to be sure. hunted down by the IRS. And they're going to say, Scott, here's your balance. So $16,000. I'm hearing, I'm hearing a theme, and I get it. And the theme is fairness. 
I'm hearing it from you know I'm listening intently to you. Right. If I pay into, I, I just don't want hypocrisy. Right. If I pay into it and you pay into it, so should the 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 new immigrant. Sure. So fairness is is a strong driver of human nature, and I and I get it. And however, I think we both would agree that things aren't often fair. It's not usually how it works. And if our country can be better and improve with a little bit of unfairness, because we have people who want to be here and they work hard, to me, I'm willing to accept that unfairness. Well, I, I love you, man, but I disagree. I, I'm not okay with that fairness, that unfairness, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I, I understand you know, the moral argument, but I believe in the fairness. So it's not moral. I feel like... So you, you said that like three times now. It's not just moral. What's the difference between it's fair and right? What's it's, fair and what's no, it's right? it's about what's better for our country. It's about like seeing through – to me, it's about seeing the forest through the trees and saying like, yes, we have this one law and they broke it and it's not fair that they don't have to And you're willing it. to overlook a law for these immigrants that are coming to the country illegally. Yes, because I believe they're helping our country vastly. And there's lots of studies out there that we can quote. And I'm sure you have studies that you could quote on the other side. Um, but I just think it's, a, lots sli- it's a slippery slope. That and that's how you get like vigilante justice. Is it the exact same thing? No. But I think that if you don't ask people to follow the laws in some places, but do in others, you're going to create hypocrisy. And then that leads to bitterness. And I think that's what we see in, in society today is you have a lot of citizens who are bitter because some people are overlooked. Their their transgressions, their legal transgressions are overlooked and theirs aren't, right? And and that's that's the issue. So it's it's a fairness, it's a financial conversation, but it's also a security conversation. And I think that when we evaluate immigrants who are coming to this country, we have got to establish whether they qualify for the security requirements of someone that's going to add to our society. So what kind of regulation do you envision to determine these security requirements? Well, there's the qualified immigrant, and then there's the unqualified immigrant. And that vetting process must take into consideration their financial status, their security status, and their health status. Just like in Canada and UK, you must be able to speak English, you must be able to support yourself financially, and you must be a fit body. Got it. So there's a good amount of regulation at the border uh, with those those thoughts that you just laid out there. So, from my perspective, the, the largest freedom that we have as people is freedom of movement. And we can decide point to go to point A to B throughout our entire lives unless there's a border drawn, essentially. And we've decided now as nation states and as countries to man those borders and to really put a lot of money and power behind them. Even though there's been, there's been plenty of studies that show immigrants help countries. They bring diversity. They bring different levels of education. I do think we need to keep our countries safe. However, I don't want to limit our country from the success it can, it can gain from right, having but, immigrants but come Jacob, in. But Jacob, this, this is the 21st century. This is not 1908. This is not, you know, people coming over in mass waves on the boats. It is the twenty first century and we can identify who's a threat and who's not. Right, but also the what people are able to come to this country with 
is vastly different than what they were able to come with when they were going through Ellis Island. I mean, now people can come with an entire network, a digital network with them, while in 1908 you had your suitcase and everything you owned in your pockets. It's a completely different world that we live in, and so the application process is so much more critical now because you're not just letting in person A and their suitcase. Now you're letting in person A with their computer and their network from home and um, everything that comes along with that. Security is paramount, right? We don't want, none of us, neither of us wants to see lives endangered. Um, it's really important that we find a way to keep, keep our country secure. I just don't want to use a sledgehammer when we should be using a chisel, for example. But a chisel is expensive. A chisel is really expensive. And I understand, and forgive me, I understand the financial aspect of using a sledgehammer, or as I like to say, a blanket, right? Rather than identify individual data points, but using a blanket to say yay or nay, I understand that logically because it's a hell of a lot cheaper and it it mitigates the risk of the security threat it depends on the timeline you're looking at scott i agree logically from a, a short timeline a four-year timeline maybe a election cycle timeline it might make sense to put a blanket out there and make sure you're keeping everyone absolutely safe which again i fully support safety and i think we can be safe without doing a blanket i really believe we can do that and i think it's so important that we try because if we don't we're potentially missing out on the next doctor who cures cancer or the next technology genius uh, many of these people who who've created the great innovations in our country uh the people at intel the people at google madeline albright these people all these people come from either our immigrants or come from an immigrant family, one generation removed. I don't want to miss out on those people. And it's really important that we find a way to keep ourselves safe and get access to the best people in the world. Oh, I get that. That makes complete sense. And, and I do agree with you. I'm just saying that there is the fear, you know, let's call it what it is, the fear of the 1% or the point one percent of immigrants that come to this country um, that are not going to positively affect our society and so you know we you alluded to the the cycle right the political cycle right you know so the next four years versus the next 25 years and that next generation um, people are scared about tomorrow and and it's a valid concern and so our representatives our leaders are making decisions about weighing the potential benefit of those immigrants um, coming over and if they can provide benefit versus if they can endanger us and it's a tough decision i, I don't i don't have the answers um i think it's a conversation that continues to evolve but i understand the the caution towards security i understand it too because of human nature, people fear drives people. And if you give someone a choice about uh, having something good happen today or happen 25 years from now, and maybe it's it's a greater good 25 years from now, they likely will take today. People aren't very good at that time cost um, calculation. 
so I understand this is where we are and I understand why. Uh, I'm advocating for a little bit of a broader approach. Uh, and, and I agree that 99% of the people that come into this country are good, hard-working people. But it is that 1% that we have to weigh the risk. And we have to use some sort of measuring stick to hold people accountable. And otherwise, you know, wh why do we have these borders? Why do we have, you know, country with citizens if they're not directly responsible for the place that they live in? That does happen today with immigrants. They become part of our society and they're responsible for their home, their family, their livelihood. Um, right? They, I'm they saying contribute. that we are responsible for our homes and the place that we live in. And so if we're letting people in that could potentially cause harm, right? That's, that's on us. It's our responsibility to protect our homes and our communities. It's also our responsibility to promote growth and uh, dialogue in our communities over the next 25 years. Right. I'm just saying that sometimes that caution outweighs the potential of the next 25 years. I agree. I agree. And I, I just don't want us to see our, our fear get the best of us. Um, fear is a strong, it's a strong emotion and it, it's valid to, to be cautious. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep on saying that we should not let fear get the best of us. And I want to assume the good in people, but our responsibility to our citizens is to verify a la Ronald Reagan and the Russian proverb, trust but verify. And I think that is the motto, that is the theme that we need to take as we move forward with our immigration policy is I'm happy to welcome good people to this country, but we have got to be able to verify, you know, can they provide for themselves, right? Are they, are they going to be able to add to our country rather than take out of, you know, our, our society? Are, are they going to provide a, uh, a security risk to us? None of those considerations that you listed depend on the country they're from, right? So, like, the blanket approach to me is, is not trust and verify. The, blank, the blanket approach is, no, you're not coming. So, I think I agree. We agree with trust and verify. Well, good. I'm glad. And I'm glad that we understand the necessity to verify the immigrants that want to come to this country. I think that the critical step will be to marry the security aspects with the financial ramifications of immigrants to the United States economy. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up. We teased this in our video that we posted on Facebook a couple of days ago. Um, our final portion today is going to be called Well Actually. And Well Actually is about a story, um, a personal story that each of us have. Um, where things weren't exactly what we thought they would be. One a little bit more abstract and one a little bit more concrete. Jacob, what uh, what's your story, bud? I was talking to my rabbi, and he was, giving, he was giving a sermon, actually, and I was there listening. And he told us about a dark room, three people in that dark room, trying to figure out what it is they're observing with their touch. One person says, it's a lamppost. And they're certain. They're absolutely certain it's a lamppost. They're all touching the same object. It's all Yes, it's the same object in this dark room. And one person says, it's a lamppost. I'm certain of it. Another person says, no, it's just the wall. I swear, I'm just touching a flat wall. And a third says, I'm touching a fire hose. And they're all certain and they're arguing. The lights come on. 
It's an elephant. Ah. The point is, we all have our perspectives, we all have our blind spots, and we all may very strongly believe what we believe, uh, but we might not have the whole picture. Got to got to look at it from a different perspective to understand the whole picture. Yes. I see what you did there. Yes. My story, my story. Um, I used to work um, out in Los Angeles and I worked for a, uh, a steel or an aluminum manufacturer. And um, I had three employees that I worked with, um, three gentlemen from Mexico, uh, older gentlemen um, that worked in this uh, factory for many, many years. And I had one employee that, you know, admittedly, uh, he, he told me that uh, he had he hadn't gotten in a high school in education. I don't know exactly where he left off, but hadn't gotten a high school education. He was a really great guy, worked really hard. And I remember one day as I walked out of the main offices where there was the clock-in sheet, um, there was a saying up on the, on the top of the door post. And I don't even remember what it said, but I remember that when I read it and looked into it, uh, I found out it was, it was from Plato. And so I, I, had, I had asked the employee if, uh, if he knew about that saying, if he had recognized it. And he said, yes, of course, it's, it's Plato. And I kind of did a double take and I said, what do you, what do you know about Plato? Because oh, I know Plato and I know Maimonides and I know... Oh, Plato the philosopher. The philosopher, yes. Not the putty. Not the putty. Got it. And I guess it just took me that instant, that moment where I had judged this man, you know, that, that he had said he, you know, didn't have a high school education. And yet here he was, you know, knowing Greek and Latin... Uh, and philosophy, and it was just a moment that I reflected on. Um, you know, people can surprise you with what they know and uh, what they do in their free time, and it was just a really, it was a really humbling moment. And um, I, uh, I think it, I think it goes into your story, right? Well, actually, that uh, this gentleman was quite well read, and um, on top of being a really great guy and a great worker. So, so we hope you. Enjoyed this episode, episode two on immigration. Uh, I love you, man, but I disagree. I love you, man, but I disagree. We're really excited to to keep this rolling. We're going to keep the well actuallys coming along. Uh, If you have any well actuallys that you want to share with us, feel free to post on our Facebook page or send us a note. Um, you we know, love the interaction on, on Facebook. It helps us. It helps increase the podcast for next time. So we hope that you all uh, reach out, engage, um, and, and just really appreciate you all tuning in. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks.